Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to Following On County Cricketer. I'm John Norman and alongside Steve Harmison and the cricketers George DeBell and Nick Friend, it's that time of the week when we gorge on county cricket. Whether you're listening on TalkSport 2 or via the Following On podcast feed, now's the time to discuss Middlesex after they went second in the table, registering back-to-back wins, Surrey's dismantling job on Warwickshire, Durham's continuing bright form, and more signs of revival at Leicestershire. We will also discuss the potential changes to the county championship structure, which are currently being discussed at the ECB, and bring you all of your favourites, including Player Watch. Plenty to talk about this week. You're listening to Following On County Cricketer, thanks to TalkSport in partnership with The Cricketer. Okay, well, welcome to the show. I think there's only one place we can really start, and that's where we left off, or rather where we started last week. Um, George was uh, quite insightful with some comments uh, in regard to uh, the 100 and where the game is going, and that seems to have been picked up. I mean, this is a a topic that we've been quite consistent on here on County Cricketer, and we've talked a lot about proposed changes to the county schedule. Of course, we've had Sir Andrew Strauss uh, now come and go, and uh, we've had a lot of column inches. In fact, I'd say more column inches on the topic of the county championship in the last seven days than we've had all season, perhaps last season as well. I don't know. Either way, George, where are we? Where are we? Because a lot of what was written is or are things that had kind of been written before. Seems like it's been bundled up a little bit into um, used within existing arguments and dis- existing discussions. But do, do we really know anything more? this week than we did last week where are we in terms of uh, any proposed changes and do you expect to see anything happen uh, anytime soon in regards to the county championship hello everybody um i don't know we're at the start of another consultation process and and to be fair that's probably where we should be there's a new team in and they want to actually talk to everybody and come as much as they can to a consensual conclusion and that's going to be frustrating. But I think what you're seeing at the moment is the new ECB leaders going around the counties and talking. And they're, and they're trying to canvas opinions and they're trying to see what people want. Whereas in the past, there was a, a, a perception, at least, that the ECB management were being somewhat prescriptive. And that is not what this lot want to be. So, yes, the, the story that uh, we talked about and that I ran <clears throat> subsequently was about 
yeah, the 100 being looked at. It is being looked at. It is deeply premature to say that it's over. And some of the stories I've read, I think, are speculative at best. I know what the source of the story was. I know who was there and who wasn't there. I know what was said. And some of the suggestions I've read about changes to the game that are imminent are baloney. We're at the start of a conversation. And and the difference is that when the Andrew Strauss performance review happened, it was prescriptive. It had its conclusions before they started, I think. And they didn't really want to listen to what you thought. I think the difference this time is that they do want to hear the views of the cricket lovers and they want to know what the counties think and they want to know what the players and the broadcasters, everybody think. And they want to see if they can arrive at some sort of consensual conclusion. Now, is that possible? I don't know. I actually think it probably is. But um, I I wouldn't expect changes ahead of next year's schedule. I think this year and next year are going to look the same. So they've given themselves some time. And it's not a bad thing to ask people's opinions. It's not a bad thing to try and reach consensus. Uh, It's a new regime, and they're trying to do things properly. And I can't see a downside to that. I I, I understand that some people will be rolling their eyes and going, God, doesn't English cricket ever stand still? And it doesn't. But that's because they haven't got it right. Does anyone think they've got it right? One of the unfortunate things that happened after the Andrew Strauss review was that county members uh, mobilised, which is great, but they actually fought for a status quo, which I don't think anyone thinks is very good. Um, You know, I don't think the current structure is good at all, but I think what people wanted is no more cuts. And so we've ended up with where we were before. You know, maybe there's a better way of doing things. And uh, I think that's all that's happening. There is just a conversation that is encompassing everything. And yes, that does include the 100, because I don't think you can talk about everything when you exclude anything. Yeah, I mean, reading some of the uh, proposals, there was a sense of deja vu in regard to three divisions of six teams, but then hadn't we already come to a decision or hadn't a decision been come to that 10 games of county cricket a year wasn't quite enough? Well, it doesn't have to be 10 games, does it, John? If if you have three divisions and there are playoffs and stuff, it doesn't have to be 10. You know, you could certainly get up to 12. Yeah, but um, those who aren't in the playoffs. Then there was the question of those derby games... Is any club really going to uh, give up the chance or threaten the existence of a derby, Yorkshire, Lancashire, Surrey? Well, again, again, there's a very simple answer to that, terribly simple. You start every T20 season with the derby. It's a standalone local game. Now, not every team, by the way, has a natural derby, and some local derbies are against the same team twice, you know, against the same, you know, involve one team playing several other teams, if that makes sense. So... It, it, you know, when I say it's a simple solution, maybe it's not that simple. But you don't have to get away from the derbies. The Lancashire-Yorkshire game could, for example, start the T20 season. The Surrey-Middlesex game could start it. The, the, you already have the London Cup. You could have the um, Worcestershire-Warwickshire game, the Bowen Alley trophy, if you like. There is a way of doing it. Uh, so let's just have the conversation and hear the views. This is a show that involves the likes of Steve Harmson and Nick Friend. I will get to you very quickly. Uh, Sorry. Shortly, rather. No, no, no. We've got to cover these things. This is what, kind of what this show's about. The Independent Commission for Equity in Cricket, the ICEC report. Are we expecting anything in regard to that, George? Before we get to Nick and his moment of the week and also Harmies, uh, this is our moment of the week. This is how we're bundling it up. But, um, yeah, are we expecting anything in the next seven days in regard to the ICEC? 
no, we're not. But it is getting to the stage where the delay in seeing that report is becoming extremely worrying. You know, this is a report that is meant to go to the heart of the culture of English cricket. And English cricket can't, isn't able to produce such a report in a timely way. You will really get into the stage where you're wondering about the governance of the game and wondering if the regulator is fit for purpose. Personally, I don't think it is. I think uh, it needs government help at this stage. Uh, we need to look at it again a bit with fresh eyes. It, it's just taking too long. You know, I, I spoke to somebody this morning who reported very, very specific allegations of racism in January 2022, and he hasn't had a case officer uh, given to him yet. He's, you know, basically still waiting for someone to come back to him other than to, you know, to, to, to say we've acknowledged we've had this complaint. January 2022, you know, things are not happening in a timely way. The game has been dealt a very substantial challenge, you know, no doubt about it. It's a a really difficult issue, but it's failing. And the failure to get this report out in a timely way, I'm afraid, is beginning to look extremely difficult. Brendan McCullum did a betting thing weeks ago, and they went no further action than a fortnight from the same organisation. Yeah, and, and none of us, and none of us have none of another one bagging it, hammering back at ECB, or is it not to make things up as they go along, but they're so arrogant that they do whatever they want, whenever they want? Well, I think, for one thing, are you being cynical? No, you're not. You're doing your job, and it's why you're very valuable at what you do, is that you're sort of unafraid to give an opinion. Uh, lots of people worry about offending people. You don't, <laughs> which is great. Um, you know, you're just honestly giving a view. So that's one answer. Second answer, you know, the McCullum thing, I didn't have an issue with him doing it, but no. it is against their, their rec. I mean, it just is. And I don't have the stomach to make a fuss about this one. I, I, the last couple of years doing the racism stuff has taken a lot out of me, to be completely honest with you. And I, and I simply don't have the energy to... Uh, I'm picking my battles, I guess, and that's not what I've picked. But your point is completely valid. Okay, well, look, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, we will address it moving forward. We're, we're coming up to the end of the section. I'm going to move Nick. We haven't even heard from Nick yet, so Nick, apologies. We're going to we're going to hear from you. And we're going to hear what your moment of the week is, and that will take us nicely onto one of the two Division One County Championship games that took place last week. Harmy, why don't you uh, why don't you give us your moment of the week, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll move into to, into section two, but. Uh, you know, it's a it's a bowler that you've made mention about quite a lot over the last couple of years, either on this show or, or off the mic. But I didn't expect uh, him to be your moment of the week with the, with bat in hand rather than with the ball. No, I didn't. And I think everybody's moment of the week is Tim Murtagh for the unbelievable achievement of what he's done. But I'm going to go because Nick, Nick covers the Middlesex side of it. I'm going to go with Ryden Cast, my pick for the season. I expect him to be in with a shout of playing in the Ashes, and I think what he's done again last week, was to tick a box, another box in a positive um, manner for the England selectors to say, batting at number seven for England, he got a, a first-class 100, and he batted aggressively with the tail. Ollie Robinson batted beautifully. Durham completely tore apart Derbyshire. Derbyshire weren't even in the contest. Um, 50s all round for, for Durham. Got a big score on the board. Um, and in the good conditions that were given to them, Boulder. Old Derbyshire out twice. Potts with a very, very good five foot to win the game. But Bryden Cast just ticked another box in the sort of England selectors areas, which would be a bowler, quick bowler who can bat. And you know, he wasn't at number seven as a night watchman. He was at 
He was in as a genuine spot at number seven for Durham and he goes and gets a first-class 100. So with not many matches going around this week, my moment of the week was Brian Cast just giving another nudge to the selectors that not only can I bowl in excess of 85 mile an hour from a tall action, I can also get runs, valuable runs down the lower end. We haven't heard from Nick, which is just terrible, really. Nick, over to you for moment of the week and also uh, to recount uh, the uh, the game. Middlesex have gone back to the back. Another win. Um, Tim Murta and Ethan Bamber with four wickets each. Compton went past 50 for Kent, uh, continuing his fine season. But Kent, bit of a sorry mess, really. 186 all out. Middlesex in reply, well, they've struggled at the top of the order, haven't they, this season? 90 for six before Ryan Higgins hit 71. And then Kent reduced to naught for two after two balls uh, before uh, Tim Murta took six for boarding two. Kent, 128 all out. And Middlesex win by nine wickets. Your moment of the week, though. Not bloody Donna Colby. Yeah, well, that was within, within the individual numbers there. That was 10 wickets in the match for Tim Murta, which took him to 1,000 across formats, Middlesex, which weirdly is. As opposed to afterwards, he's, he's done before. He's got to. He's done the fact. He's, he's he's had the vows over a while actually with Sweet Island and Surrey and Middlesex and I think a few for combined universities back at the start of the century, which um, I guess sort of sort of speaks for how long he's been going. Really, I mean, I think his we took his first Middlesex wicket in two thousand and seven, which was first, which was what seven years after his first first class wicket, and and yeah, I mean, I, I think I worked out that he's, he's dismissed something like six of England's current top seven, but then also. The entire top three of 2005 and more than half the side of 2010-11 Ashes. So like he's, he really has, you know, he, he got Zach Crawley twice in the game last week, but he's also, you know, done, he's also gone through just Scott Vick and Strauss and Bell and Matt Pryor and anyone who there, and Paul Collywood, anyone who there is to, to, to nick off, really. I mean, he, he, was, he missed the previous two games. He wasn't best pleased. And I suspect he was only playing last week because... Millsons are trying to sort of nurse Toby Rowan Jones through the season, given given his importance to them and, and, and the fact that he's the captain. And yeah, I don't think he'd have played otherwise because Tommy Allen was coming back in. And I, th- I think there's probably an argument that Ethan Bauer actually was, was their best bowler last week um, and has been this season, despite not despite taking six rather than 10 in the game. Um, it's an extraordinary achievement, obviously. But it feels like I think he's 66 to from 1,000 first class rookies in total. It feels like it'd be hard for someone to do that now. It's one of those ones where you can't really think of who the next player to, you know, to do that as a single county might be. I could be wildly wrong. There could be someone who's really close. I suspect Chris Rushworth was fairly close at Durham, but obviously that won't that won't happen now. And yes, you do wonder who, you know, who's playing. Because a lot of those wickets are um, white ball wickets as well. I mean, Tim, you know, shows how long has been going. That you know, Tim Murtz was part of the Stafford series in 2008. He's part of that Milson side that won the Blast. We had the previous season, and he played in that side. And, I think that side he played not Davy for Middlesex. I think he played with two current county coaches, and Richard Johnson and Chris Hill, uh, not Chris Hillwood, and uh, Anna Richardson. And then he also played with the former England coach and Chris Hillwood and the former national selector and Ed Smith. So, I had all the while he sort of just carried on going. Yeah, I saved quite unamused not to play in those games before. And you know, given that this is quite a damp April, and he's he's forty one years old, bowling sort of seventy five an hour wobble seam. And but Kent just, I thought Kent were particularly bad to be frank and I don't think that was easy and actually the game really was won by Ryan Higgins in the, set, in the sense and Higgins I think as he always tends to do is just a really really good counter cricketer I think he's I think that's three schools of 70 odds plus a 50 in four games plus 12 wickets at not many apiece and actually he turned the game that 
as you say, Middlesex was 90% in response to 180. He turned that into a 50-run lead. And then when Crawley and Bell Drummond went to the first two balls of the innings, they were effectively sort of, what, minus 50 for two after two balls. And that was probably where the game was won. But I thought Kent is a lot going on, isn't it? I mean, the bowling attack is, has sort of been pieced together. I think it was Grant Stewart, Michael Hogan, Wes Agar, who wasn't meant to start the season, the overseas player, but actually looked, he was a very, you know, very handy bowler and probably bowled the quickest spell of the game by distance. And uh, Joey Everson was by Joey Everson bowled as well. Um, and there's one other who I'm missing there. Oh, there were certain ironies, you know, Ollie Robinson making 100 for Durham while Kevin being rolled twice. Like Sam Billings has got 60 odd runs in five innings, which, you know, five player um, England's reserve keeper effectively. But but I guess the Ken fans will look at Robinson and his move up north and wonder, you know, whether that had to happen. Wanda Mia is in the twos at the moment, very talented player. Then the Ken's like Darren Stevens, actually, you know, for for all the reasons to, you know, for, for, to move on from Stevens in the end of last season, actually. That was a very Darren Stevens kind of pitch, um, and Tim Murtagh walked over ten wickets on it. So there's a lot going on. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a much better top six, top seven than than it showed at Lords. But yeah, I mean, it was as you say all about Murtagh in the end, and I feel like I've rambled for ages. So I stop. That's good. You covered us all, uh, George. You were at Edgbaston. Your take on the? Uh, just to give you a night. I was up Mount Snowden. I climbed my second mountain of the year, Mount Morganui to Mount Mount Snowden. And my first question, uh, once. I'd found someone in my uh, party who actually had network signal was, uh, what's the Surrey score? And so I did a little jig at the bottom of the mountain when I heard that Warwickshire were 21 for four in second innings. But your take on the match, George, I think you were there for, uh, if not all, but you were there for some of it. I, I thought it, 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 it was billed as sort of two top-of-the-table-ish teams. And Surrey looked much the better team you'd have to play. They did. They looked much stronger. But it was a very important toss. You know, that that first day, Warwickshire weren't that far away from a pass score. Facing that uh, Surrey attack in those conditions was about as tough as it gets. So it, it did make a disproportionate difference in that game, to be fair to Warwickshire. But the Surrey team looks absolutely terrific. And, uh, you know, it's, they're going to take some stopping, aren't they? And, and Kimo Roach, by the way, what an overseas play. Just... He, he, he seems to love the club uh, and they seem to be very good at getting that sort of relationship with their overseas players. It's such an important thing. And he, he he's in those conditions, he's just devastated left-handers in particular. You know, there are a couple of people, uh, you know, Rob Yates got a ball and I've watched it 10, 20 times, whatever. He did quite a lot of nick it. You know, so it's just it's sometimes, it's sometimes in early summer in England, Duke's ball, good bowling, it's just got to accept you're not going to get many. It was one of those. Uh, the second innings I didn't see, but I think they would be more worried about their batting second time round. And it was probably a bit of a wake-up call for Warwickshire of where they really are. They're probably not going to be in the top two or three this season, but uh, sorry, are. Is brilliant brilliant set seamers on both sides as well. I think that was, what was it, Roach, Worrell, Wokes, Rushworth, Hassan Ali, Jordan Clark. I mean, seriously, I think Jamie, I saw, sorry, just to jump on back, I saw Gareth Bassett talking afterwards, calling Jamie Smith's 80 the best he's seen, best he's seen play. He's got, I think he got to Andrew last year. But. Well, Hannah Dolby, we should mention there as well. Hannah Dolby, those, well, yeah. those conditions, absolutely fantastic. I mean, AJ was in, in that game. Jamie Smith innings was probably the difference between the sides in the end. But to be fair, the conditions were easy. Yeah. And, and equally, you know, I, I know Wokesy's finished wicketless. He got fine. He got absent. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they nick it, sometimes they don't. 
just to wrap up the set, the uh, section, Harmy, your thoughts on uh, Tim Murta and also Kamar Roach? Yeah, brilliant, fantastic. So, Teddy Kuba, uh, Kima diving down and taking that that low catch, and, and spoke to Tim Murta on the uh, on the Cricket Collective, and man, as Ted, it's you know it's amazing that you know the bloke that's talking to Tim Murta is only two years older than him, and I'm looking down at me belly and thinking, I said to Mertz, I said, don't stop bowling, because the only thing I did to keep fit was bowl. So the minute you start bowling, you pile the belly on. So it's a phenomenal achievement. He's been a, a sensational bowler for, for county cricket and a basically good ambassador for county cricket as well. You know, as, as good as he's been for Middlesex, he's good, he's been excellent at you know, shining the light for, for, for good county cricket. And my lot, Durham, I think as good as Surrey is in the first division, I think Durham are going to take some stopping in a second. Okay. Well, look, I'm going to hold you there. We're going to talk about Durham, but we're just going to wait till uh, Section 3. We're going to look at all the matches from Division 2. You're listening to Following On County Cricketer. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is TalkSport 2. This is following on County Cricketer uh, in conjunction with the cricketer, George DeBell, Nick Friend, as well as myself, John Norman, and Steve Harmison. Still plenty more to come on the show. Welcome back to following on County Cricketer. Uh, okay, County Championship Division Two. You started talking about it before the break, Harmy. So um, it will be rude to uh, to keep the listeners waiting much longer. But another win for Durham, beating Derbyshire by an innings and seven runs. Batting first, hitting four hundred and fifty-two, thanks to uh, hundreds from uh, Bryden Carson, Ollie Robinson, who we've made mention, Ben Rain, and Matt Potts. 
who are the top two wicket-takers in the division, reducing Derbyshire to six for four, under 65 all out, following on slightly better, second time round seven for two, finishing 280, a five for four Matt Potts. And uh, and Durham looking good, Harley? Yeah, they're looking really good. If, if you look at the Surrey side, it's a well-balanced side. They've got a bit of pace. They've got a good bowling attack. They've got batters that can score hundreds throughout the side. And when you look at the Durham side, Durham's exactly the same in, in Division 2. Very strong in all departments. All bases covered. They went and got Matt Parkinson as a as a loan because obviously Cullerman got injured and it was a non it was a non contest from from Derbyshire's side from the minute that Scott Borthwick won the toss. You know, racked up runs, good opening partnership, sixty odd for the first wicket, and then Ollie Robinson, I think Batsman and Gareth Batty said you had know, two wicket keepers of the future for England, Smith and Robinson, and who would argue? I think Robinson's a, a smashing player. Like the way, like the reason he's batting five, I like that because to bat number seven in first class cricket, even in the second division, you're questioning is he is he good enough if he goes up a level, the next level. But batting number five tells you that he's a frontline batter. He can he can play this boy, and as well as that, he's he's keeping wickets. It's 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 special as well. So it's also why he came, isn't it? Yeah, it's why he came. He wanted to bat roles. He wanted role clarity. Yeah, he wants to keep wicket and not lose the clubs when someone came back for England and stuff. And he did want to be shunted around the. I think there were times last year and stuff where like he'd open the batting if, if that was if you know if Zach Crawley was where that was the spot and that kind of thing. And then if he didn't get any runs and Crawley came back, then he was outside. And then if Billings around, he'd lose the clubs. Whereas at Durham, he is he is the number five and the wicketkeeper. And he was and he was headhunted as number one target. He was Marcus Nolt's number one target. Rollins him out by getting the blast and then then sign then sign him up. Well, yeah. with that with that in mind, what do we read into Matt Parkinson going there? Because when a player goes on loan in the final year of his contract, particularly with the way that Marcus North does things, am I right, Harmy, in thinking Matt Parkinson looks like he might be a Durham player next year or even sooner? Possibly even sooner. I've not spoken to Northy about it, so I'm just speculating. But there's a very very good structure when Marcus North stealing stuff, and you see North yeah. Robinson. Marcus North's going to be, uh, if he wants to be, he's going to be director of cricket of Australia or of of England. Um, he was probably close when when Rob Key's job was was up and offer, and he probably is the next one in line in three or four years' time when Keyes is had enough. Um, so he's a shrewd mover, is Northy. I think it was an excellent move to get Ryan Campbell, and I think I think you're right. I think he's just seen that maybe he's Parkinson standing still a bit at, at Lancashire. There's talent in there, and because of that, if Lancashire aren't going to offer him another contract, then Durham will step in. And I know he's only come for a couple of weeks, but I think there's a there's a reason why he's come up, and it wouldn't surprise me if that loan gets extended. And it's whether Lancashire want him or not. Lancashire will have to come to the table with a, an offer, and if they don't, I'm sure Durham will 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 look at that because Durham's pitches are getting flatter. Durham's pitches are the corrugated. Just landed anywhere from a from a few years ago when I was playing. They're a lot flatter. There are a lot more draws at Durham over the course of the last three five seasons, and I think a leg spinner is something that Durham would be. It would be very very handy. So when Brooklyn will be parts there, Parks and Armour, he's still obviously a very good, a very good white ball spinner. A big part of Lancaster's plans there, whereas actually Durham have Nathan Sounds of the blast, and I think you can sort of see where Parks has lost his spot in certainly the last few weeks in the development of Tom Hartley as well as somebody who could bat eight or nine hold end up as a left-hand spinner first innings too so 
it doesn't necessarily feel as natural fit to me long term on the basis that Parkinson has has done very well in white ball cricket and there is not necessarily the same clarity of progression of Durham's there as perhaps there there was for someone like Holly Robinson. I'd be interested to hear what Lancashire supporters think about it. Yeah, I agree with that, George. But I think what you're saying, Nick, I think this has been quite fluid. This has just recently moved. I think the Robinson one was staring in the face. If Billings doesn't get picked up by IPL, Jens is coming back, he's captain, he's going to keep wicket because he's captain and he's going to say, I'm going to try and get into that Asher squad as a wicketkeeper because we've all talked about the wicketkeeping batsman role. So Robinson, there was an exit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think there was even six weeks ago, I don't think this conversation was going to happen with Parkinson. And of course, Parkinson started the season with, with a five-year-old. Uh, so, five-year-old. Yeah. So, I still hope, I still really hope it works out for Lancashire. I think he's, a, he's actually got a really good first-class record in the last couple of years. Yeah, after the, yeah back to the dry April, he'd be playing as well as two spinners at length at the moment. So, yeah. it's just, it's just looking at it, my point is not that he should be moved on. I actually don't think mm-hmm. that. I, yeah. I think he's incredibly valuable valuable county cricketer because I don't think he's going to blow masses in international cricket but he, he, you know they seem to be worried that his batting and fielding haven't gone up to the levels that they maybe wanted but he sure can bowl uh, just on, on the Ken thing as well are they not going to have the same problem with Jordan Copps at the end of this year? yeah yeah absolutely well so because yes, no, I mean, Ollie Robinson is very I don't I don't actually know the Jordan Copps situation quite close enough to, to say to, to, to distinguish it for Robinson but what I would say is that Robinson was very much as much a wicket keeper in his own mind as a batter, and was and was so he could he I'm sure he would be in he would be in Kent's top six a batter for example. But if Billy wanted the gloves, that wasn't something he's prepared to settle for. He played for England on the 19s wicket keeper. He played for the England Lions wicket keeper. He actually went over the line, went over the lines this winter as a keeper. He's he knows where he stands. He knows how he gets himself closer to closer to England, and and that is so, not so my point. Is that, whereas Cox, I don't know if that's the same. Is my okay. Question. Yeah, there, there is a. You, you, you're right to make the distinction. But my point is that Billings is trying to get selected for England back into the testing. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, nothing but praise for that. But what happens after a year or so when he decides that's not going to happen? Believe me, that will decide to go back to play as much franchise cricket as he can I, and get to lost two I, of the I, best I, young people batters in the country. I suspect that was one of the big. I think we're a lot of frustration. I a lot of the frustration among Ken fans has been is, yeah, is in that scenario. I mean, I think the irony is to look at someone like, I mean, it's before my time, but I think I Ryan something pulled out and actually as a player went through the same situation. He was, I think it was Ryan so he was out. He was second time not at, at Kent, moved to Middlesex, third for England. So there is a bit of understanding there within the club as to how this works with a specialist position. But yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. And I think that is, and that will be the frustration because, you know, Sam Billy, you know, I'm with you, like, good on him. You know, absolutely good on him. He's, he is the number two. And folks, at the moment, but um, well, you know, so he's in the squad. If he's in the squad, he's there. Obviously, he poked it every winter, but uh, I don't think two. Well, he's he's sorry, he's well, but do you know, what I mean, he's he's been the incumbent when folks missed out with COVID. Well, when 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 there was no one else could would drive across Australia in the middle of the night. No, no, no. no, no, no. Also, during this, also during last summer. So yes, it did happen. I mean, he's so there is there is for it, and he's he's obviously seen what it's like to be involved in that side, and he wants wants to be part of it, and he's playing different with Kent and. Yeah, good on him. If he if he'd out, I mean, it obviously hasn't happened that way so far. But if he'd gone out and out scored Ben folks, you know, by three to one, let's say in the first few weeks of the season, then maybe it's a bit more of a debate. Whereas, but yeah, I mean, is also bright enough to understand that once he feels like that door is closed, or once he feels like he's further further away from that again, you know, then do you go back to 
in franchise stuff. Equally, that does rely on you being picked up in the IPL. I don't think that's quite as certain as it used to be in this case. So, and actually, you know, there are the other franchise competitions going on this time. So, um, if he's going to be around, he wants to play, then, and he's the club captain. So, it's progressive. If he wants to keep wicket for England, then it'd be silly for all parties if he wasn't doing that, which is where Robinson had to go. And so, I, don't, I actually don't think it's anyone's fault, particularly. I just think it's. No, no, it's not. You're having three very talented keeper batters come through your own pathway basically at once, and something's would give. Parker it happened at Somerset, didn't it? With, yeah. with Keats, with Well, I think uh, it's about to happen at Somerset again. You've got four guards of Steve Davis in the same end of his career, but Davis, Banton, Cody Cadmore, James Rear are effectively up to one spot, aren't they? James Rear's not at the moment, but um, Tom Babson. Yeah, I think, I think they say Rear is the, the, the future. And either, yeah, I mean, this is actually a sign. It's a good problem to have. It's a sign of a club that has a way that is deliberate. We've spoken on this on here before, but about the, and I think they mentioned it on a Sky Sports graphic last year that actually it was quite a big drop off between the sort of established the the age of the current established innkeepers and the next run down. So you've got a lot of guys around thirty and you've got a fair few guys around twenty two, twenty three and in Jamie Smith and James were even younger. So actually the better the guys like Ollie Robinson, um, Jordan Cox around that age as well. So, you know, James Bracey played at twenty five, twenty six and then but to have a couple of guys who are in that mid range is, is is no bad thing. Right? Guys, uh, they have to be still halt. I've just been sitting back listening to you guys, and uh, essentially, that's what this show's all about. Just ridiculous chat about Division Two cricket. No, it was a lot. It was a long chat about. And what do you think? Dynamic, which isn't really dynamic. But, um, yeah, I think that's the good stuff. That's that's what uh, I, I I like to tap into my veins. I mean, that was Division One, Div, Division One. But quick little one there to come in on that is that not sort of when. There are spaces in the England team, which there was at a wicketkeeper for two or three years. That young players go, well, that's my way in to play cricket for England. So all these 21, 22-year-olds probably identified that as they were coming through as 18, 19-year-olds. On the white ball side, we need that next spinner to come through. So are we going to see 17 to 19-year-olds go, well, my way into the England cricket team now is through that spin ball department? Because the fast bowlers... The memories are roll. All the batters should, in theory, at 18 to 21, want to open the batting. And then, you know, but a few years ago, it was, well, who was going to be England's next wicketkeeper? And I think what we're seeing now is young kids that were at that time going, right, I'm going to go and tra- try and take that spot. And I think now we've got an influx of, of very, very good wicketkeeper batters. We've still got two matches to talk about. I believe you might have even been at uh, a couple of days of. The draw between Sussex and Gloucestershire, Nick. Pujara with that 151, Sussex 455, uh, Nathan McHandle with 5 for 63. Then Gloucestershire, 248 all out, but a little bit of rain. Um, saw them cl- uh, saw them to safety. 16 for 3 at one stage, Gloucestershire, 121 for 4 after 28. But uh, Sussex with the better of a draw, and they're about to welcome Steve Smith to uh, to the team as well. Things are, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty exciting, actually. Well, I... I... I got done by the forecast twice. I went to days one and four, and I reckon I lost out on 135 overs in those two days. But I did see there was some cricket. Actually, it was really it was a much more interesting game than that score looks because they've had uh, for all kinds of reasons. Actually, firstly because the touch on the Smith issue first. The most interesting part of that for me is that I don't want to say do they need Steve Smith, but I do think did it really make an argument someone as as great as him. But there is very much an argument that actually Sussex's batting has functioned quite well for the last two years. 
had an order she wants Steve Smith in for three weeks, they're going to have to drop Nathan McAndrew, who's taken two five-foot holes in three games, has led their attack, tried his best to force a win at, say, against, you know, a lot against, against the odds of the rain, basically, last time out. It'll be fascinating to watch them back. Um, and I have to say, there won't be a better, there won't be a more intriguing-looking top six in the country this week than Haynes or Allsop, Smith, Pujara, James Coles, or whoever takes that spot in. There's some sort of side for everyone. You've got the two young English lads, pushing Fring, and you've got someone tall. So is just a very, I guess, been a very accounted pro in the last few years, and has, has done really well since he went to Sussex from Hampshire. Then these two world class guns in the middle order, and um, and then James Coles, who's a teenager. So it's interesting because actually Sussex's problem last year wasn't taking wickets. It was sorry, it wasn't quite rather than taking wickets. Sean Hunt was at a wicket taker at 19. Everyone else had somebody to 30 plus. Hunt actually, he recorded his best ever figures at Bristol on Sunday. So that was three for. Bold really nicely, actually. And interestingly, I thought sort of embodied the new Farbrace era at Sussex. They're much more aggressive and front foot and looked like they believed they could win despite the amount of players they lost the rain. I thought a lot of that was pushed by McAndrew, who opened bowling and appealed for everything, but appealed big and was aggressive and swung it both ways. And a death take could do without having three weeks off now, which is what he's going to have for Smith and Pajara's base going So from what I understand, Ollie Robinson's going to play at least a couple of those next three which, which very, much, very much offsets that and makes them look a very good side, I think. Um, it's interesting, they looked really good. In Ollie Carter, something I picked up on once I've stepped out on the breast bumps at Bristol, actually, is that he thumps his gloves together. I don't, I don't know if you'd have heard the Durham guys talk about stuff, they played them, but almost quite annoying, but extreme, like, proper thunderclap, like, sort of sea lion. Is it sea lions or seals, the ones who do that? It's, but it's like, it's, it's almost like the beats to their, to their side now. They've got this yeah, sort of much greater aggression and belief about them. And they were the only team that was, that was going to win that game. Certainly once they got 450 in first innings. Gloucester, but on the other hand, you've had eight, eight days out of 16 washed out so far this season. Very little time to train. Today, their twos are blown, which I think is the second time that's happened this year. They are just dealing with some Fridays and the ability to battle grass, basically. They were lucky this week that the, with the rain in the same way they were like unlucky the previous week with the rain at Worcester when they would have won. So, they're unbeaten, but actually, I know we talked about the, the draw restructuring before. I mean, the five point draw is, is not, has not done them any favours because they've effectively had four games washed out by the weather, one of which entirely. And they walk away with five points from each of those, which actually means that I think six out of eight at about 40 points behind Durham. Whereas, had they not lost play at certainly Worcester and possibly Clorg, and they may well have two wins on the board. If only. Leicestershire top of the table. It's also a very good advert for not. Squashing the schedule for 10 games, or they'd be after the season, wouldn't have had a game quicker yet. Absolutely. Um, Leicestershire drew with Glamorgan, uh, Peter Hanscom, and Ren Ahmed hitting 90s. Uh, Glamorgan, 211 run partnership for the eighth wicket. That's and, not even uh, half of what they did to Leicester last year. Well, it was Chris Strick and Sam Northeast last year, wasn't it? And they got Northeast, well, it was obviously cheaply for like 40 odds, and then rather than 400. And then Chris Cook, when he got big, another big 100, didn't he? The average is see something in his whole career against them. Early days, but one of the more heartening stories of the season so far, isn't it? That's his resurgence. I, yeah, I, I know it's very early and I know the weather's been rubbish. But, you know, but still, take it, yeah, they're going in the right direction and they do yeah. have one of the more exciting players in English cricket in the yeah. side and they're giving him an opportunity. And I hope, I think it's right. Callum Park, for, I think Callum Parkinson's not been fit, has he? But I would like. Is that a side issue? I think he's, not, yeah. he's another Parkinson last year. Very good cricketer. Um, quick player watch, guys. We know yours, Harmy. I both got hundreds, so 
Well, mine mine played the best innings that Gareth Batty has ever seen him play. Jamie Smith, Nick, did uh, Ali Orr get run out? Oh, I wonder if the, it was the this week. Big friend one to watch Derby, Bryce V. Orr, and Ali Orr stayed in his crease and instead uh, top edge reverse sweep straight up in the air. So um, he has maintained his what are you doing run. You know, he, he, he did really good actually. In fact, he slapped Tom Price over squad over six and at the third of the game. Yeah, but it said it wasn't a huge amount of cricket played. And you, George? Well, Josh Tung had a absolutely flawless week in that he didn't play. <laughs> Must have had a week off. And um, Ben Compton actually got run. Of course he did. I mean, what's the point of telling you that Ben Compton got runs? Of course he did. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by, by his standards, modest amount of runs, but I tell you what, I knew I'd been assuming is dismissal, dismissals. You can have to short ball down the leg side in the first innings, which actually speaks to what we discussed in a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And and then he played face with probably the worst ball that was bowled at him, possibly probably in the first innings. I don't know quite how to describe it. It was like, it was sort of like it was somewhere between like a late car and a bit of a feeble dab at a short wide ball. And he just guided it straight to gunny, but with such confidence that it almost like he'd set up for a run as he did it. And he just literally hit it straight to gully, and it wasn't. I mean, to a, with a, like a thirty-yard boundary that way as well. It wasn't necessarily the the way I'd have looked to play that delivery. Should Should we talk about Zach Crawley? I'm not sure we got enough time to. I don't know. I mean, he nicked off, and he was bowled. Um, is that enough? <laughs> uh, not the not the second one. Right? For me, you get you get nicked on yeah. yeah, exactly. You nick somebody off within the first first ball. Hit. Oh, problem at all. I was, it was much more Murta trademark, and he beat him once on the inside edge first innings. And the first ball, the second innings, but went, went set, oh, set of that up and moved away from him and nicked off. Like, was up, for all the, you know, maybe I'm being very generous to Crawley, but, you know, we do a lot of talking about his record and not much talking about the pitfalls of opening the batting in England in April. And that was Tim Murta doing what he. I mean, granted, the first innings, especially what we've seen a lot from Crawley, but yeah, I think his second innings was a very. Yeah, but I've had rivals for his job at the other end. I think it's all rivals. Did it, see, they should be. No, but I'm, I'm not sure. Cause I, and this is one thing I'd say on that is that having been there and watched them open bags together both innings, knowing what England want from their opening pair, you know, I watched Ben Compton go 21 not out through the first session on day three with what was genuinely a 50 yard square boundary towards the mound stand. And for all the technical fallibility in Crawley's game and for all the runs Compton scored, England could have, England have been accused a lot in the past of not offering clarity to their players by what they won. They can't be accused that this time. We know what he... No, they can't. They can't, but it doesn't mean they're right, Nick. It doesn't mean they're right, but it means they're clear. And if that's what they're going on, I, I struggle to watch... I struggle to watch Compton Laws and come out of that game with the view that, that he is... Showing England what they want to see from some great perspective opening batter. No, he's not. He's not going to be picked. He's categorically. Well, no, that, that's right. So, so I'm not sure they are rivals. That's just, they are. They should be. Is they, they should, well, I, and the other thing that they ignore, of course, is that if Ollie Robinson or Joe Root come in when the ball is 40 overs old, it is easier for them than when they come in when it's 0.4 overs old, and that's a part of the job of an over. And it, no, of course, of course, like, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not all trying to rewind or win. I'm not talking about the right or wrong with. It's the end, Willard, but it is the end dismissal. That's the thing for me. Is oh, sure, yeah, but, but more so, but more on Compton, more on Compton than Crawley here. Yeah, 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 we're talking about Crawley here. I'm not, but for all of Will in the world, we can talk about, is that Crawley against Nick Compton? Nick Compton's never going to play for England. 
I sorry, Ben Compton. Ben Compton. Nick Compton. Uh, Nick, Nick Compton. Compton yeah. Got just as good a chance. Just as, I think Nick Compton's got Dennis. just as good a Dennis has a ben good Compton. chance. Let's be honest. Yeah, Dennis has got a better chance because not so much Zach's not getting dropped. The thing I'm frustrated with the, the Zach one is, is it's not who's coaching him or what the mindset is, but it's the same dismissal. And you, you look at Tim Murta walking out to bowl. Tim Murta's going, I just get one to go away and I get one to come back. I get him out. I'd say there was a still something about it. Only 12. We're talking about an international opening batsman, whether you say it's tough in English cricket at the top of the order or not in April or May. But what I'm saying is, I love Zach Croy. I, I think he's a, he's a great kid. Somebody who's got all the attributes of what you want. But when you keep getting dismissed in the same way, you know, no matter how much technology you've got around the world, as a bowler, you're going up and you're going, well, I just bowled four or five hard volleys at him. I'll give him 15 and he missed one. Or he nicked one. And you miss, you do it once and you go, well, I've got to look at this. You do it twice and you go, but once you're doing it four and five and six times, you're going, hold on, we've got to move on here. We've got to do, we can't expose Pope and Root. And I think going back into county cricket, I said in the collective early on, I know John wants to wrap it up, but the more balls you face, get a groove and get a tempo and understand building an innings. And he's done it a couple of times. But the ones that I would have said that's going to get Zach Crawley out for not very many are Chris Rushworth, Tim Murta, and James Anderson. He hasn't played against James Anderson. Murta got him twice in not very many times. And Rushworth got him twice in a day. Now, if I can see that, what's the coaches looking at and where they're going to go that, right, we're going to go in an Ashes series with this, this combination at number one and number two. And we know what the pitfalls are. And if we are... Not very many for, you know, Pope and Abruta going in. Well, surely they're going to be seeing this in county cricket that going because, but I know, I'm saying that. So we've talked about Ram, I'm banging my head against a brick wall. But he's all, I mean, Zach Crowley's always going to play and he's always going to play this way. Whether it's right or wrong, that's, but unfortunately, it's going to be on Rob Key and, and Brendan McCullum if he fails in this Asher series because. I'm not, I'm not sure they'll pick him. He'll be under pressure. He'll, I, he'll be in the squad. I'm not sure they'll pick him. I'm not sure they'll pick him. I mean, he's just kind of he says, yeah, I can look at his numbers in this. Zach Crawley, of course he will pick him. Oh, well, well, the reason I say that is because Johnny Bairstow's, you know, back. I mean, Johnny Bairstow was keeping wicket. We don't have enough time the Shadows did to go to this. Johnny Bairstow was keeping wicket 100%. He is well, not. That, that, is, that is one way out of it. That is, that is definitely one way out of it. The other way out of it is folks carries on keeping wicket and Stokes opens, and I still think they're thinking about that. There's more chance for me, Ben Fogg's opening the bat and then Johnny, Wick, Johnny Bairstow keeping wicket. I think Johnny Bairstow keeps wicket without a shadow of a doubt. He has not gone back to Yorkshire and gone, I'm keeping wicket for the second team and for the first team in these games. If Not so much he hasn't been told, but if he's basically, he's telling the England selection, I am not opening the bat. Because if he oh, he's not opening the bat in, he's not, no. But it, 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 we've got to see how, he can, how his keeping is and how he stands up to a day of doing it. I don't know. Guys, we need a two-hour show. I should also mention, of course, that the recent issue of The Cricketer is available and uh, you can get 20% off as well. If you want to subscribe to the month or rather the year, go to www.thecricketer.com forward slash talk sport. That will give you a 20% discount. Uh, but head towards cricketer.com. You can get George's uh, views on uh, much of what you talked about at the start of the show. We can hear uh, all about... Uh, those ridiculous stats in regard to Tim Murta taking um, all of the current England uh, top six 
as well as those featured in 2005. And hey, can I ask you a quick question there? Just a quick yes or no. Is he going to get to 1,000 first class wickets? What do you reckon? No. No. 62 is a lot. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't think he will either. He's going to be, he would, he'd have to be 43 then, because I don't think he'd be able to get it. That's right. Next. Unfortunately for It's going to be just short. I don't know who else. Glenn Chappell was like. Yeah, Chappell. Chappell. What was it? 11 And uh, Neil Radford was like, I sure or something. It, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he will either. It's a shame. Guys, thanks that I should make mention of Harmy's new show, which is uh, broadcast every Friday, Road to the Ashes, where this uh, this Johnny Bairstow conversation can continue through to the Cricket Collective next week and then on to next week's following on County Cricketer. But uh, for myself, uh, Harmy, Nick and George, thanks for listening and we will be back next week. 